0: Hey Paisanos, it's the Super Sentai Brothers Super Show!
1: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 23 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always, is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today?
0: Uh, Doing great, man. It was a beautiful day. I took the kids out all over... Ta- not all over town. We went to the zoo and the playground. How many, but for them... How many zoo trips does that uh make for you in the last week? In the last... uh, the last seven, seven days. In the last seven days would be three. That's three in the last seven days. Listen, man. That's a lot of zoo time. Listen, dude. A zoo membership is $120 bucks a year and... It's the family membership, and you can just go whenever you want. And the zoo is only, like, the zoo is not far from me. The zoo is like a 17 or 18-minute drive from my place. And so, like, I asked the kids in the morning, like, what do you guys want to do today? And they'll just
1: be like, zoo? I'll be like, rock and roll. Let's go to the zoo. Nice. Now, here's my question. Do you go to the zoo often enough that the zoo employees have begun to recognize you? No, there's, like, a million of them. Okay. there's so many.
0: Like, I've never... I don't think I've ever seen the same person working there twice. Like, there are so many people that work at the zoo. Like, that would be virtually impossible.
1: I mean, you keep up the good work. It might happen eventually.
0: Now, I will tell you that there is a cashier at the McDonald's close to the zoo who has started to recognize the twins. (laughs) So, well, we are, like, we're fairly memorable, like... White dude, adorable African-American twins. Right, you've got a mohawk during the summer. So
1: So anyways, yeah, had a great day. Nice, nice. Well, you know what's going to continue your streak of having a great day, Dave. Uh, It's episode 23 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called Overheating for a Princess. But before we get into that, Dave, of course, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first Star of the week. So we're actually doing kind of an unusual stars this week.
0: Uh, It's actually going to be all kind of five stars jammed together because this is the debut of this uh, project that I've been working on. For a long time. For like a really long time, like multiple years at this point. Uh, Now, that is not all dedicated work time, but I have been constructing a Sentai role playing game. Yes. This should not really. This should not be a giant surprise. I, I don't think. I know we did have at least one person uh, listener of the show like get a hold of you, Matt, and be like, "It's a Sentai RPG, isn't it?" And you were like, "Yeah, it's a Sentai RPG." But like, yeah, because we anybody.
1: we have a few times referenced like your secret project, and yeah, it's it's one of those things that like it should not be a shock to anybody, but it is very exciting to actually know that the game has gotten to a point where we can be talking about it now.
0: So hopefully in the next month or two we're gonna do some play testing, uh, maybe on a live a live special episode of the Super Sentai Brothers, and we'll get some people on, and we'll we'll check out the rules and kind of run through things. And uh, I would really love to get it out Two people that listen to the show for play testing. If that's, I feel like there's probably a pretty event, pretty big center of the Venn diagram between, like, people who listen to this show and people who are into role-playing games. Yeah, I feel so, like and,
1: if you are into Sentai enough that you regularly listen to a Sentai podcast, odds are pretty good that you are also the sort of person who is into a tabletop RPG.
0: Yeah, so if you are, if that's something you would be interested in, uh, you know, keep a keep an ear out, and we will mayb- hopefully be getting that information out. Um, you know, TM, TM, TM. TM. Like, don't, don't steal my stuff. Um, so... What I thought we would do today is talk about this game. Um, some of it I think would be pretty straightforward, but some of it is is actually like really kind of wild and interesting. And yeah. thinking about the intersection of role-playing games and and Sentai
1: and uh, and and all of that. You know, so. I, I think what's gonna be interesting to talk about is not I, I am interested, of course, to talk about the actual like role structure that you have put together. What I think is almost as interesting in real life, and potentially more interesting as a conversation, is the the sort of non rule stuff that you had to wrap your head around to be to do the development of the game. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what I
0: what I mean. Um, well, let's just sort of get into it. So uh, before before talking about anything else, you kind of need to know the system. Uh, we're doing this in Powered by the Apocalypse. Which, if you are a listener of uh, the McElroy Brothers' great podcast, The Adventure Zone, you're probably already familiar with. But the the overall structure of a Powered by the Apocalypse game, written by the great Vincent Baker, is it's a very narratively driven game. Um, it's not so it's not so rules loose that you know it's just you sitting around telling a story. Like there are dice and and rules and things like that. But if you know, like the Amber role-playing game, which is which is virtually just like collaborative storytelling and is totally free for them, is is a zero, and GURPS, probably. Gurps yeah, yeah, probably is a ten. Uh, I would say Powered by the Apocalypse is probably like a like a
1: three, yeah, like a three, it's, three and a half,
0: yeah, like it's pretty far down this scale. So the the very rough structure is this: is that there's uh, instead of classes, specifically they're referred to as playbooks. And a playbook is just sort of like your your character archetype. Like, what are the sorts of things that they do? And most playbooks will have a number of different options, uh, class features that you can choose. And everything that you do in the game is called a move. And what's really neat, I think, about the Powered by the Apocalypse system is that a a move only describes the end result that you are trying to achieve and is not actually particularly interested in the specific way in which you go about doing that thing. Right. I I mean, uh, can you give an example of that for me? Yeah. So like really easily in most games, there's a move called attack or, you know, uh, punch a guy or, you know, it's like your attack move, like be aggressive, right? Be aggressive. Sure. Right. And so if you say to the game master, you like, all right, well, I'm going to rear back and punch that guy. It's like, okay, well, that's attacking. And if you say, I'm going to pull out my sword and I'm attacking with my sword. It's like, all right,
1: well, that's punching or that's attacking. If you pull out a gun. Normally, punching is attacking. Attacking with a sword is punching.
0: <laughs> right. Basically, anything that you're doing to try and be aggressive is attack. Or anything you do To try and get someone to do something is manipulate someone. Like that's it. You can do it by being cool. You can do it by being charming. You can do it by being intimidating. You can do it by being aggressive. You can do it by being sexy. Like whatever it is, it's all about like the role itself mechanically is all that all exists under the umbrella of Manipulate
1: someone. Right. And I think
0: what's really interesting
1: about that is that it lets you. The character playbooks are not like super, super, like, you know, like down to the like minute level detail. But what's great about the way that it works, where it's very like results driven as opposed to action driven, is that it lets two characters with the same playbook really be vastly different just based on how that player wants to approach it. Yeah. And I think while still really sort neat. of maintaining the sort of core essence of what that character is.
0: and And the other thing that I really like about it is that setting a game up that way forces you as a as a designer to take a step back and say, "All right, like if I break down an episode of Super Sentai, what's actually happening?" Because uh, you have to remove yourself of like, oh, well, this person hits hard with a hammer and that's like substantially different from like hitting someone, like shooting someone with a gun. And you got to take that step back and say, well, no, actually, it isn't very different. At, right. at, at their core, they're both achieving the same thing and they're doing it in slightly different ways. But but does that really matter? And the answer is no. It, it you know, in many ways that it doesn't. Right. And if, and, and, so, and if that
1: doesn't matter and that doesn't differentiate those characters. What does? Exactly.
0: And so actually that reads really well into the next point, which is so obviously the playbooks are the different, are the different colors of rangers. And so in order to put this together, this was an astonishing number of hours of research, actually going through the Sentai fan Wikipedia uh, the, I think it's like the Poweropedia or something. You would think that I would know it off the top of my head as many hours as it was spent on it.
1: Uh, Dave, I have some of it open right now. It is, in fact, Rangerpedia. Or Rangerpedia. Ranger-Wiki. Ranger-Wiki. Ranger wiki, Ranger wiki. Ranger wiki,
0: there it is, thank you. And so what I did is I constructed a giant spreadsheet and on that spreadsheet, I put together, I collected data for every single season of Sentai. So the first thing I did was look at the teams themselves and then after that I looked at the individual rangers. So what I was looking for in the teams were basically their uh motifs. You're looking for because the, You're looking for the team themes. The team themes. So every ranger team or every sentai team has at least one generally at least t- generally two sometimes as many as three like different sort of like themes or motifs that they're that they're operating off of, right? Yeah. So, uh, just going through and seeing, you know, how how many how many of those because some of them repeat a lot. Like animals, you see animals all the time.
1: Yes. Like animals
0: are very frequent. Dinosaurs are very
1: frequent. Di- I mean, dinosaurs are animals.
0: Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, dinosaurs appeared frequently enough. That I made them their own, (laughs) made them their own category. So like, so there's animals.
1: Jetman is birds, but birds is animal. But Zoo Ranger is dinosaurs, and dinosaurs are not animals. Dinosaurs are dinosaurs. Yeah, well, for the purposes of this list,
0: right? So there's animals, and then there's animals prehistoric. Uh, So like, Jetman did not get its own its own jam, and then you know, uh, but but Zoo Ranger did. So, looking at all of those motifs, and there's actually, over the course of the season, some of them repeat, but you actually end up with a list of about 40 motifs. That's not really leaving anything out. And then what I did is I said, like, all right, well, here's the 20 most common ones. And so, if you wanted to, if you didn't have any ideas for your Sentai team, because, like like, literally anything will work as an idea for Sentai team. Like, as I think Ringer Ranger and Chef Ranger have demonstrated. Yeah. But if you didn't want to come up with your own, I, I put together a list of twenty things where like, man, just roll once or twice on this chart and like jam those two things together, you know. So you roll once and you get dinosaurs, and then you roll again and you get pirates. Be like rock and roll, dinosaur pirates. Like figure out how it works, and then there's another a further twenty items on the motif list that are like weird and only show up as like one once or twice right they're like angels yeah angels or rhythmic
1: gymnastics
0: yeah so you can you know you can choose to include those if you wanted to uh so then the next thing i was looking at as far as the teams go is where are their powers coming from and there's basically a breakdown of four there's only four and you see them over and over again and they either have mystical powers Uh uh-huh they are um like powered by super science. Okay. So you got dire ranger,
1: you got jetman.
0: Right. So there's mystical powers, uh beasts, like animals of some sort. Okay. And then then you've got uh super science, and then you've got weird science.
1: Great movie. So so soup right. So super science. Not a great is, TV show, but good movie.
0: Yeah. So weird science is like your alien. So like O-Ranger is weird science because it's based on like Choriki energy from like an ancient civilization, like blah, blah, blah.
1: Right. So, Where, so Jetman is science. O-Ranger is weird science.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So the next thing is
0: kind of their, like their team, um, maybe their place in the community is, is the best way to think about it. Okay. So some Rangers are... Uh, like community champions, like so, Conquer Ranger, Conquer Ranger community champions. Like they don't have any official standing with anybody. Uh, Jetman, or I'm sorry, not Jetman. Car Rangers, Car Rangers would also be like uh, community champions. Okay. Okay. Like they're out there among the people, and you know they they have sort of like friends out in the community, and like people know who they are. They probably know that they're the Rangers. On top of that, so um, there's community champions. There are people who are like like the scions of an ancient
1: ancient destiny or whatever. Yeah. So like Conquer Rangers, yeah,
0: or um, or die Rangers would would work for that as well.
1: Yeah, and actually, I feel like both of those are kind of on the cusp. I feel like those are ones that can, depending on how you want to play the team, work either way. So there's the community champions. There's ancient inheritors. Then there's
0: sanctioned heroes. And sanctioned heroes are like the Jetmen. So Jetmen are, you know, like you are part of like a military structure. Or the O-Rangers would also be sanctioned heroes. Yeah. Like they have some sort of official status with a government or the UN or or like whatever. Um, And then the last one are heroes from beyond. And these ones don't come up a whole lot. But... In those seasons where, you know... Uh, this is actually a lot more in recent years. I would say in the past, probably like 15-ish years, you start to see a lot more like the rangers are like aliens or the rangers are like all from different planets. Okay, or, yeah. Or, there are some seasons in earlier where that's true, but it's, it's a little bit more frequent. So basically, between all of those motifs... And those themes of of beasts or strange technology or magic and then your your origin, you can you can reconstruct every single season of Sentai. Like everybody fits into one of those things, and it's just kind of a mix and match.
1: Yeah. And And, so And what's great is that it's such a mix and match that like you can literally roll on those tables. And whatever you come up with will be a workable thing. We've done it a few times, just, like, testing out to make sure that it all made sense. And every time we're like, oh, yeah, I would absolutely watch that show. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, it's...
0: Uh, because Sentai is so... It's so iterative. Um, it's... And it, it's, it's so formulaic. And the fun of it, you know, is is working within those boundaries. So then, of course, I was looking at the, the characters themselves. And the characters, much like the Sentais themselves, you know, they they all fall into a handful of roles. And so, uh, like the Red Ranger, for instance, is always going to be one of two things. They're always the new guy. So I think... Um... Right, because they're, they're
1: always the leader, but the way in which they are the leader varies from season to season.
0: Right. So, like, Die Ranger. Uh, in Die Ranger, Ryo is the new guy. Like, everybody else is, like, everyone else has been doing this either a little or a lot longer than him. Our Conquer Ranger is the same way. Yeah. But there's something about him that he is the leader of the Sentai. Uh, or the Red Ranger is the captain, where, like, they've literally spent their entire life
1: preparing for this moment. Right. like, Ryu from. Uh... Jetman is like that. Yes, um, or,
0: or Goro from O Ranger, and like every single season of Sentai, the Red Ranger is one of those two things every time. And so, as you go through the different Rangers, you start to see that, like you know, there are just there are themes that that repeat. You know, the, the Blue Ranger is always going to be like one of three different things. Um, they're special. So it like, and it breaks down like their weapons. So like the Red Ranger's special weapon is always a sword, but the Blue Ranger's weapon is also only going to be one of like four things. Blue is only going to have, you know, he's going to have two axes or like nunchucks, or I don't like remember what it is off the top of my head. But, you know, like, it's only it's only going to be one of, like, these four things. And there's a handful of outliers. And, like, you know, like, listen, man, it's your, you're running it. It's your game. You, you can do whatever you want. But, like, you know, I, I've got rules set out for Blue Ranger picks one of these four weapons. Right. Like, the, boo, you know the Blue I mean? Ranger might have a bow. Right. And you can, but your Blue Ranger could have a
1: bow. Sure. But oh, if you want, like, a yeah. classic Blue Ranger. Well, I mean, the, the classic Blue, the first Blue Ranger had a bow. I think, right, I think the but bow he's like might, the might actually only be one. on your short list. Now the catcher has a bow. <laughs> okay, well, there's like two. Um, Those are both very good Blue
0: Rangers, Dave. The, listen, I'm not... This is purely by the numbers, Matt. Um, the numbers don't I, you, know, lie. you can't... Well, this is actually... That does sort of lead me into a side, but interesting point, is there are really good seasons that have like weird outlier stuff. And so I had to make a decision. It's like, well, you know, the very first Blue Ranger had a bow. Does that mean that like, you know, I put in rules for the Blue Ranger to have a bow or do I say like, yeah, but like none of the other ones did except for Shinkenger apparently, which I didn't watch. Uh, You know, so it kind of came down to a numbers game a little bit. Just as, you know, just like what, literally just what shows up most frequently.
1: You know, I, I feel like kind of the only sane way to do it is to do it that way and then also put a sidebar in. that says like, hey, sometimes it's different. Have yeah, fun. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a
0: lot of those, obviously. I think every good role-playing game includes a sidebar that yeah. says that somewhere in the book. So, so if we look at the Red Ranger, I think let's just kind of do a dive on the Red Ranger. So when you're looking at this playbook, right, you're trying to put together like, what is it that makes the Red Ranger the Red Ranger, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, it, it is that they're the leader, obviously, but if you're kind of boiling that down to a, a role-playing game, effectively character class, how do you translate that mechanically? What does it look like and what does the Red Ranger do better than anyone else? Uh, and, and actually, it's not even necessarily about what the Ranger does better than everyone else because a lot of just being better at something is it's your stat block. You know what I mean? So the Red Ranger is stronger. You know, if you want to use, like, strength as your attacking stat, that's not what it is, but don't worry about it. You know, like, the Red Ranger just has a higher strength than everybody else, so he's better at at hitting. You know what I mean? Uh So that's not actually terribly interesting. So what you have to do is start going into not necessarily what does the Red Ranger do that's better it's what does the Red Ranger do
1: that is unique? Right. Like what what sorts of things do the Red Ranger do? And when you see the Red Ranger do it, you're like, oh yeah, that's a great Red Ranger moment. But you would never see a Yellow Ranger do that thing. Yes. Yeah. Or, or you know, like so infrequently as to
0: whatever. So the Red Ranger things are like there's only, a, and, and there's really only a handful of things for each of these Rangers. These are not like super, super deep skill trees for the most part um like one of the things that the red ranger does though is the red ranger is much more likely than anybody else to show up out of nowhere like in the middle of a fight scene like any other ranger could be fighting somebody solo and when things go bad the red ranger just appears and saves them no explanation like, zero explanation. Like, they can just teleport into the scene and save someone if they need to. So, like, that's an ability that you can choose as the Red Ranger. Like, I think I just called it, like, save from nowhere. Right. Like, as long as you are not like, otherwise... Like, here comes the because... cavalry. Cavalry. Exactly. Sorry. Like, as long as you are not, like, injured or locked up in a basement someplace, if you have not specified, even if you have specified what you're doing, if nothing would actively prevent you from doing so... You can automatically defend somebody and just like insert yourself into any combat.
1: Yeah, um, like Total that's a Red, Red Ranger, Ranger move. move.
0: Total Red Ranger move, and that's the sorts of things that you're looking for. And so, so you've got that element of it. And then I was trying to figure out, like, well, how do you, how do you progress a character, right? Because a really good season of Sentai is not just about fighting monsters, although you are definitely doing that. It's about character progression and, like, how is the character growing and changing within the context of being a Red Ranger, specifically.
1: Yeah, like, if you look at any of, like, our favorite Red Rangers, you know, like, I think my least favorite Red Ranger is probably that we've watched is probably Goro and Goro is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but like in Goro has a lot of great moments, but Goro at the beginning of this season is very much the same Goro as the Goro at the end of the season. You know what I mean? And yeah. And that's kind of why he's,
0: he's my least favorite right. as opposed to Ryu uh, as opposed to Ryu. It's Rio and Ryu are, are kind of a toss up for me, but I think Rio, Ryu, Ryu does, does get it. Ryu of Jetman. Mm-hmm. Like he never stops being the red Ranger. But he's a very different Red Ranger at the end of the season than he is at the beginning. Right, so
1: how do you get him from, you know, like episode one to episode 52? Yeah, so this is kind of what I came up with is
0: the two sort of like subcategories of Red Ranger, the captain and the new guy. They each have a move that's associated with their, with that, right? So like it gives you sort of a bonus to do one thing or another thing. But... It also comes with a motivation. Like, your goal as a character is to do this thing, right? So, if you're the captain, your goal is to be worthy of command. Like, that's what you're trying to accomplish. Uh huh. And then, when you have sort of achieved that goal, when you've like exemplified that behavior enough times, and the number of times will shift. Um Due to something we will talk about in a few minutes actually, but when you achieve that goal enough times, you're gonna trigger a character episode and it's not that nobody else is going to be playing or nobody else is going to be part of that episode, but that's kind of a signal to the game master that your character has reached a turning point. you know they've sort of their character development has reached ahead and it needs to be resolved sort of in one direction or another right like to use so,
1: to use uh ryu as an example again like once you hit that point in jetman there's an episode where it's like everyone else is in it but it's mostly about ryu having to like confront and come to terms with what has happened to maria right yeah yeah precisely
0: and kind of how you come out of that determines your your next steps because uh, what I've built is sort of a branching a branching character progression tree for each of the rangers. So, you know, you start off as the captain or the new guy, and then basically, uh, you know, you, you sort of branch off from there. Like, do you just go harder and harder and harder in the paint as the captain? Do you soften up and kind of become a little bit more of a team player? Uh, you know what I mean? So if we use Ryu, as again, as an example... For the first, like, I would say two character-focused Ryu episodes, he does not deviate. Like, his answer to his difficulties is to just dive deeper and deeper and deeper into being, like, Captain Ryu. Yeah. But second half of the season, like, he pivots hard. And not that he, again, he's still kind of on that captain's side, but he softens up. And, you know, he and Guy become, like, really great friends. And that's something that that never would have happened if he had not softened. Right. They would have have
1: never gotten to drink that hot milk of victory, Dave. Oh, man.
0: Oh, dude. Ryu and Guy are... Okay, I'm not going to wax poetic about it because we we've, we've talked about Ryu and Guy like a whole 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 lot on this show. Very good, um, extremely good, but it's super super good. So, so that's kind of where you you have a character progression, um, you know, in inside of that, and, and, and then each character, you know, each playbook has those
1: things. Now, one, one one of the things I really like about that, Dave, is that like you said, "Powered by the Apocalypse" is a very like there are rules to it, but it is narratively driven. Yes. And yeah, very much so. I feel like that really, that is a idea that really plays to that system. You know, yes. like it's mostly narrative, but when that narrative thing has occurred, then there is a mechanic that will happen.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's, dude, it's one of the coolest systems I've ever seen. I actually, when I found it, I had been working for a number of years, actually, Kind of off and on when I when I thought about it on a on a game system because I was like man nothing is really like hitting that sweet spot for me between like narratively driven but like still kind of, still a little bit crunchy and like there are some rules and blah 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 and so I was like working and working on this thing and then I read found powered by the apocalypse I was like oh man I just wasted a whole bunch of time because this is exactly like <laughs> this is the thing that I was like inching towards. And is very, very good and is actually precisely kind of what I wanted. I think it's one of the neatest systems um, that, I've, that I've ever seen for a role-playing game. So putting all of this together, again, it's just a giant spreadsheet. It's a giant spreadsheet with like, this is the character and this is like sort of their jam. And this is like what weapon they use. And this is their, the element that gets tied into like their special attacks, right? Uh-huh. So if you're the Red Ranger, you've got like fire or lightning, It's actually not lightning. It's usually fire or like thunder, weirdly.
1: Well, lightning is already taken, probably by a yellow or blue ranger, I'm guessing. Yeah,
0: yellow ranger, weirdly, yellow rangers are lightning, but blue rangers are electricity. And like those
1: things are just,
0: like they're just different. Sure. (laughs) Well, it actually, it makes sense because it usually breaks down on like what's your power source. So if you're like a science thing, then it's blue ranger and it's electricity. Whereas if it's like a magic-y thing, then you're more likely to be like Yellow Ranger and Lightning. Okay, interesting. So there is there is a, a sort of a logic to it. So Red Ranger is fairly straightforward. Um, really, Red, Blue, and Yellow are the easiest ones because they're in literally every season.
1: Right, so you've just got such of a huge data. sample set.
0: Yeah, the two hardest ones are Pink and White. And sort of for different reasons. White... Figuring out the White Ranger was sort of a pain because they're in enough seasons
1: that right you don't want to you don't want to not include them. It's not like the one right. time there was an Orange Ranger,
0: exactly. Like the White Ranger is in enough, but they're they're really not in a ton of seasons, and they don't
1: have a lot of similarities. And and I think this is something that is uh important to specify. When you say a white ranger, you mean a white ranger like Callie. Um you don't mean a white ranger like um Ko, cuz Ko is not really like he wears white, but Ko from Die Ranger is not according to the system that you wrote is not the white ranger of that show. He is the 6th ranger of that show and he happens to wear white. Correct
0: and sixth rangers, sixth rangers are like weird and fuzzy as to figuring out like how to include a sixth ranger into the rules. Um, so yeah, the white ranger is kind of a pain just because like they're there enough, but not a ton, and they don't have a lot in common. Like the most common thread of a white ranger is that they tend to be like mystically powerful in a way that that sort of differentiates them. Uh-huh. And the other one that was sort of a pain to figure out is the pink ranger. Not because she's not around a lot. Pink Rangers are there like all the time. Like they're one of the most frequent colors after red, blue, and yellow. The problem with the Pink Ranger is that oftentimes their character is just
1: girl. Right. They have the like original Marvel girl, invisible girl problem. Right? Like, where, yeah. like they're there and their role on the team is just, yep, we got one. There she is.
0: Yeah. And it's it's like, it's really lame. And so it's one of the spots where I actually kind of, I, I deviated more from the show to say like, all right, well, and uh, Shannon Maynard, friend of the show, Shannon Maynard was actually like a really big help on this because we huge surprise guys. Like I email chained like other people who do like sentai oriented podcasts. I was like, Hey fellow sentai nerds. Like, what do you guys think about this? And, uh, we, so we're sort of like chatting back and forth about some stuff. So thanks to everybody. Um, actually I probably should have mentioned this at the the top of the show. Thanks. Um, everybody who helped out with this. Um, like I said, everybody, we had some great conversation about it. Matt has been helping me producer Mark. Uh, Michael from Ranger Danger sent over some, some rules that he had worked up for, for sort of a, a game on also a Power Rangers game, actually also using Powered by the Apocalypse, which was very convenient. Power Rangers so, by um, the Apocalypse. Power Rangers. Oh, that was really good.
1: So, um. I appreciate you so saying so. So thanks everybody. It's not great, but I'm trying to, I'm <laughs> trying to, this is not a joke heavy episode. So I'm just trying to like <laughs> slide them in where I can.
0: So, um, yeah, it's one of the spots where I ended up deviating a little bit more from the sort of very formulaic nature of, of Sentai to say, like, all right, well, this is kind of what it is in the show pretty frequently. What can we sort of extrapolate from that into something that actually is – like, that is both true to the feel of the Pink Ranger, but also
1: – Cool. Uh, you know, cool yeah, and, and fun. And, and you don't want to lose because, like, listen – the Pink Ranger is cool. Not every time. And there are some problems with the way that they're portrayed in the show sometimes. But, like, the Pink Ranger definitely rules a lot. And so you, it's a tricky balance to make sure that you're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater on that.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, Shannon, actually, like I mentioned, really hit the nail on the head. <laughs> um, and I'm just quoting her right now. She said... The weaponized femininity of magical girls, but adjusted for giant robots, uh, which I think really hits the nail on the head. So, like figuring out how to work that that delightful mot into into rules mm-hmm. um, was a real was a real pain. And then, of course, you got to have a sidebar that's like, "Hey, the Pink Ranger is always a girl, and the Red Ranger is always a boy," and that's how the show is. But you should feel free to ignore that. Yeah, like. Like, obviously. Like, there aren't like, any examples from the show that went into the algorithm, but, like, come on. But, like, come on. Your Red Ranger can be a girl. Like, your Pink Ranger can be a dude. It's, it's fine. Uh, again, happened uh, which what, I think...
1: uh, one time for a few episodes. I guess this is a spoiler for late season Shinkenger. There was, like, three episodes of a female Red Ranger in Shinkenger.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. You
1: guys, Shinkenger is really good. <laughs> so,
0: that actually leads really delightfully into into the next really weird element of... Putting a game like this together because because what it is, ideally, is a sort of sentai simulator,
1: right? Right, like, you will get together and you will play through a version of, like, one season of a show that you will have crafted with your friends.
0: Right, and that's very, very cool, but... Sentai is, as we've mentioned, you know, kind of formulaic, right? Right, but role-playing games, if they're too formulaic, stink. Yeah, like, it's very much at odds with the nature of a, like, go-anywhere-do-anything role-playing game. Like, that's the joy of role-playing games, right? Like, you can go off the rails, you can, like, go and do whatever you want. So... So trying to figure out a way to structure the rules such that you can you can do anything that you want. But the, the, the rules themselves are going to sort of like self-correct you into doing the things that you need to do however it is that you want to do them. To
1: drive a sentai flavored narrative forward, right, and this is something that we have actually because we have never actually like sat down to like played this game yet, or at least I haven't um,
0: no, we we have not I've played it like
1: a bunch in my head,, uh-huh. which is very different. <laughs> um, but I feel like we have definitely encountered something similar to that. On our um, Ringer Ranger and Chef Ranger episodes, because yes. those we we've talked about it before on the show. Those show like when we do those after we like kick the team together, it's basically all just improv between you and I. But the reason that we are able to, or at least the reason that I am able to, sort of maintain any sort of coherence while we're doing it, is that I get to just make stuff up as we're going through. To, like, get us from point A to point B. But I know what point A is. And I know what point B is. Because I've seen, like, however many hundreds of episodes of Sentai that I've seen.
0: Right. And so, the tr- like, the trick in, in converting that idea into a, a game is to say, like, all right. Well, if you and I, Matt, are getting together and constructing an episode of Ringu Ranger. We just kind of both know that we're working towards point B, Right. Because we're directly trying to reconstruct an episode. Right. Or or not reconstruct, but construct a whole cloth, an episode that, that fits. Right,
1: especially when we did Ringer Ranger, because Ringer Ranger was theoretically the first episode of that show. And first episodes have like a very different vibe than 13th episodes, you know? Yes, yeah. First episodes tend to look a lot
0: more similar to each other than, than any other episode in the show. So, trying to figure out, like, okay... Like, it, it's, it would be bad rules design to just say, like, hey, you have to do this thing because that's how Sentai works. And just do it. Because, like, that's very boring, right? Right. And that takes agency... That takes agency away from players. Uh, and you never want to... You don't want to take agency away from people, right? That's the fun of role-playing games, like we said. But at the same time, you do need to, like, you know, you gotta go fight the monster, man. <laughs> like, right? If you if you, you deviate too much, it stops. I and mean, we're kind of talking in circles, but yeah, if you yeah, it's it stops being sentai. So, so, so I don't I don't want to talk get too too much into the nitty gritty here. But so so basically, the structure of an episode is like, all right, well, like you have to accumulate by various means enough. Power like enough like mystical juice, to to fuel your finishing move. And and you can do that a number of different ways. And individual characters have like have playbook specific ways to do that. So so if you play into your character tropes, you will be driving the narrative forward, right? Right. So if you're a Red Ranger, like yeah. Go fight that monster on your own. Like, other people don't tend to do that as much, but Red Rangers do it, like, all the time. And it might seem like a bad idea, but it's a Red Ranger thing to do.
1: Right, in the the same way that you gave the different playbooks different um, motivations that they had to pursue in order to trigger, like, character episodes, within the course of one episode, there are ways in which that character should act to get them towards that logical point.
0: Right. Uh, so then one of the other big questions was... Was your giant robots finishing move? Because of course in an episode of Sentai... The giant robot finishing move is... It, it always works. Like every time. right? Unless there's like you means... know, there's like
1: three times in a season... Where there's some narrative reason for it not to work. But like you know come on.
0: Yeah but like it, it always works. So again, that's that's kind of boring, right? Is it just like you get enough points and then the episode's over? Well, that's that's kind of lame. So this is actually one of the spots again where I I actually deviated from the Sentai a little bit, in order I, I veered on the side of of a fun and dynamic game rather than a pure Sentai uh, simulator, which is like maybe your super move. It's not that your super move when you, when it. When you manage to do it, it always works. But there might be a more frequent instance of like, for whatever reason, you don't
1: manage to, to activate your super move. Yeah, and again, I, I, I feel like that works narratively with the course of an episode. Because sometimes, you know, RV Robo shows up and he has to do four or five things before he pulls the sword out. And in the course of the game, that could be like, well, you show up and you try to pull your sword out, but you can't. And so you need to like pull out your dumb knife and your shield and like do that for a while until you can get your points up.
0: Yeah, so it's you know it's again it's it's figuring out that stuff, um, and then also figuring out how you how you progress as a team as well. So this is another fun feature: is that you've got your individual character sheet, but then your team has a character sheet, and your team. Like, the Sentai as a whole is also leveling up.
1: Okay. I dig that a lot. Yeah. I feel like that is so, really, like, part like part of the heart of any of these shows, or at least the good seasons. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and, and that's kind of a response to saying, like, all right, well, between episodes, like, one and three, you learn your first, like, team finishing move. And then between episodes, like, you know... 7 to tw- to 9 or 12 you you get giant robots. And then like somewhere in between like you know like 17 to 22 you either get like a supporting character or you get a new giant robot or like you know it's always like something right, right? like around mid season like something new happens. So like last uh last week was episode 22 of of car ranger so i'm expecting within the next like four ish episodes we're either gonna get like new robots or like Cyrender and rv robo are gonna figure out like some sort of fusion thing or something's gonna happen right so all of that stuff is handled via your your sentai character sheet and your sentai level ups Right, so it's like okay, you've gone through like x number of x number of of things, and like your Sentai has performed well. Not just you haven't just done stuff, but you've done stuff well as a Sentai. Um, and there are, of course, power rules for the power of five. Well, sure, you've got to. I it took me a little bit to figure them out, but I, I like them. So you you know, you're acting in the power of five, you're doing your thing, your is leveling up as a whole, and then when that's happening, it's like, okay, well, like choose one of these options, right? Do you want to do you want to get your giant robots first? Do you want to get your team finisher first? Because it's not always the exact same progression. Yeah, there's a right? little variance between seasons. So, like in Die Ranger, they started off with Di- no not die no. Um, Ruseo. What's the dragon? Ruseo. Yeah, thank you. They start off with Buccio, like episode one, Yeah, Buccio is there, and, but they don't get the other giant robots for another, like, 10 or 12 episodes, like, it's
1: really late. And then they don't get the bazooka until, I think, after they have the other giant robots. Yeah, they get their giant
0: robots first, and then they get their team finisher, like, it's really funky, and so, you know, just like, how do you adjust for, how do you encode that encode that in, and the answer is, you know, your is leveling up, and you just choose one of the options, and you can kind of choose them in whatever order, whatever order that you want.
1: Anyway, it, it, it's all very exciting, Dave. I'm very happy to know that we are getting to the point now where we can actually start to, like, you know, like, crack this thing open and actually, like, play something. Or, like, say yeah, like, I, uh... hey, like, you have this whole thing, because... Did you work out a... Are they tables that you roll on? Or is it like a spreadsheet where you click a button and it just generates a season of Sentai for you? No, no, no.
0: It's just it's a, a tables that you roll on. Okay.
1: Although a a friend of mine
0: who is a... Oh, ours. Uh, a friend of ours who is a programmer asked for the data and said he is is currently working on a, like, push a button, generate a season of Sentai generator. Um, so I, I don't know where he is with that he has at last count 37 children i think somewhere in that zone yeah somewhere somewhere in that zone um so i, I don't you know he is he is even busier than i am <laughs> um, um but right now yeah it's it's just tables so i thought it would be fun matt just to to kind of as a as a teaser trailer to crack open Crack this thing open. Okay. So... Now, hold, hold on. Let me let me go grab my dice. I genuinely... I was about to say... You, you can go get them. I genuinely was about to say... I assume that you have these dice within reach. So why don't you just grab them wherever you're sitting? Uh,
1: they are in the next room, actually. Give me just a second.
0: Well, that's terribly embarrassing for you. So I guess I'll just sort of vample. Matt's getting some dice. I don't, I don't really get a chance to say this. Guys... I really love doing this show with my brother. Um, that's all.
1: He's back. Okay. Uh, no joke. My dice actually are next to where my com- computer normally is. Um, but I am not recording where my computer normally is right now.
0: Okay. So, Matt, if you really want to... Uh, if we really want to get in on this... I do. Here's... Okay. I, so, here's, my dice. here's what we... Yeah. That was the sound of me rolling a die. Cool. Okay. So the first thing we would need to figure out is actually what color rangers, what color rangers do we have? So we've always got a red and a blue ranger. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we basically, we've got a 90% shot of having a yellow ranger. So roll a d20. Uh, David, that's a 13. Okay. So that's below 90. So that's, so we've got a yellow ranger. So then we've got a 76% chance of having a pink ranger. So I'll go ahead and roll that D20 All again. Right. Uh, that's a 12. Uh, so let's see. That would be a six. Okay. So that's a, so we got a pink ranger. So we got red, blue, yellow, pink. Okay. Pretty classic lineup. And then, yeah. And then we've got a pretty even shot of having a green ranger or a black ranger. But do we do odds so, ratings on that? Uh well no cuz we could have a white ranger if we don't get either one of those. So go ahead and give me another d20 roll. Uh 18. Okay, so we actually do not have a green or a black ranger. So that means we have a white ranger. Okay. So we've got red, blue, yellow, pink and white. Which I I don't think we've ever had a season like that. Well, okay. That's, that's the exciting thing of the game, Dave. See, there we go. So we've got those those are color rangers. Uh give me another d20 roll. Okay. That's a six. Okay. So let's see. That is bottom bottom 75%. So we do not have secret identities. Okay. Okay. So we are publicly known. And uh, go ahead and give me another one more. So this is this role now is to determine how many motifs we have. Okay. All right. So (laughs) uh, go ahead and give me another. Give me another D20 roll. Oh, uh, David, it's a 15. So, let's see. That is a... I wish I was using
1: these rolls for d These are good rolls. Yeah, these
0: are. So, let's see. That is a 65. So, that is... A... Okay. So, we only have two motifs. That's okay. Okay. We only got two motifs. And uh, and then go ahead and give me, give me one more D20 roll. Uh, 10. Okay. So, we're in the... We have two standard motifs... Now, if we were if we were doing this strictly, I would say that we should stick with that uh, because you and I, Matt, are advanced advanced Sentai guys. Uh-huh. Um, I would say we should include one standard motif and one strange motif. Okay, just just to see how it see how it runs. Now, um, I did do the statistical breakdown of how frequently these motifs appear. Okay, so if you're curious, animals appear twenty three point two. 2% of the time, uh, mythological beasts are 7.1, ninjas are 3.5, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, animals are far and away your, your most frequent. But if you just want to roll a straight d20, then then we can do that. So, uh, Matt, go ahead and give me
1: two d20 rolls. Okay, we roll these at the same time. That feels thematically appropriate. Uh, David's an 18 and a 5.
0: Okay, so that gives us space and high school. Okay. So here's what we've got so far. So we've got a red, blue, yellow, pink, and white ranger. Okay. That that do not have secret identities and are members of a space high school. Uh, And then just, Matt, go ahead and give me uh, 2D4. 2D4,
1: okay. Same time or... Seven. Yeah, I'm sorry. Two individual D4s. Okay. Goals. D4 number 1 is a 3. Okay. And D4 number 2 is a 4. Okay. So they are powered by incredible
0: science and they are ancient inheritors. So they are they are from a long line in some way of sentai heroes. So they are so again, red, blue, yellow, pink and white. They are from a space high school. They are powered by incredible science, and they are from a long line of of Sentai heroes. Dave, I would watch this television show. <laughs> I would absolutely watch this television show. So,
1: see, okay, I almost feel like Space High School is a little bit too easy. I mean, okay, Space High School might be a but little bit just, too easy, but let's, okay, let's, let's sort of... Let's just, do yeah, it. okay, so if they're in a Space High School, right, and they're publicly yeah. known... And they're powered by science.
0: They are, yeah, they are powered by incredible science. So, do so we obviously... want to say that they
1: are like the, you know, like members of the science team? Okay. I think, yeah, I think they're members of
0: the science team. Obviously, each one of them has their own science specialty. Because
1: uh-huh. I would like, listen, the other option is that if they are high school and, and there is science, then there is some sort of science thing that is making like the baseball guy the best baseball guy. But I feel like that's adding sports as a theme. Yeah, yeah, uh, which yeah. Would that's be adding role. in a whole right because
0: sports is one of the sports is one of the things. Now, I think they can they can have some side high school stuff, oh, right? Sure. Like, yeah, you know, like of course. one of them should be a baseball player or whatever, but primarily they are science people. So I think the Red Ranger, Red Ranger's got to be physics, right? Physics is sort of like the the big daddy of the sciences. I feel like,
1: um, sure, yeah. Let's let's say the the red ranger is the physics guy. Um, I feel
0: like uh, blue would be chemistry. I, was, I don't really uh, know why. I was gonna, I was
1: I don't know why either. But I was also gonna say blue should be chemistry. So let's roll with that. Okay, dig it. Um, uh, okay,
0: so red is physics, blue is chemistry, yellow is. Engineering Oh I it's like a little, that It's a little bit stretchy As far as the pure sciences But I dig well, it again
1: This, is, this uh, isn't science class This is science club They've, they've got like a maker space Okay you know? Good point Good point Good point
0: uh, White ranger would be uh, Who's gonna be Okay so we I think pink Who's Is pink ranger biology I was gonna say who, Pink ranger biology? biology Yeah pink ranger is biology White ranger is like Environmental
1: science Okay now when, okay, okay now it. when you say environmental science, do you mean like climatology or do you mean like...
0: I mean you're getting too specific. I mean environmental
1: science. Okay,
0: you know what? That's fair. <laughs> um, okay, so it's, they're science-themed. It's a high school... Is it a high okay are they from space or is the high
1: school in space Oh the high school is definitely from space That okay the high school is definitely in space They might be from Earth or they might be from space or there might be a combination of the two like maybe the high school is like on a satellite in orbit
0: Okay here okay high school is on a, is in satellite is on a satellite in orbit The Red Ranger is from Earth Maybe one other ranger is, but all the rest of them are from, like, planetary colonies. Okay, okay. So, we're going a little space cases, but I dig it. Yeah. Well, they're not They're not aliens. They're all humans, okay. but they're from planetary colonies. All right. And they're all at this space high school because they're, like, very, very good at science. Mm-hmm. And obviously, a... No, I was going to say a teacher is their mentor. It's not a teacher. It is... It's like the janitor or something. I was going to say,
1: either the janitor who is like somebody who you would not at first glance think is a genius, but is actually the smartest person in the building. So, you know, like. um, Yeah,
0: definitely. Just Goodwill hunting this. It's the janitor. Okay. Okay. So the janitor is the mentor, and he is like, he is a super genius. And we've got like an Encyclopedia Brown Mm -hmm. sort of situation. Where, like, if one of the science teachers has a problem they can't figure out, they sort of, like, secretly go to the janitor, and the janitor can figure it out for them. Because it's, it's like a research facility slash high school. Right, okay. Now, right? here's
1: here's what I think. So, since their power comes from an ancient heritage, right? The ja- well, they are powered by incredible science, but they are from a long line of incredible science okay, heroes. Okay, they're from an, a long line of incredible science heroes. They are not secretly heroes, right? Like, people know who they are. They are, like, the people's champions. Um, But what if the purpose, like, it is not a coincidence that, like, this guy who is kind of secretive and is just sort of around at the building is the smartest guy there. Like, he is the smartest guy there because he is there to, like, be the person for whatever next group of heroes arises at this high school. And so, like, he can't be busy being the science teacher or, like, the principal. Oh,
0: so, like, perfect. And so perfect.
1: their lair is, like, they go into his, like, janitorial closet. And then there's, a like, a, a false door or, like, a hidden staircase. And then it goes down to where the real science is. But there are definitely still, like, some genitorial touches in their lair.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, Okay. So, their their giant robots are... Okay, what could their giant robots be? I don't want to do anything as mundane as just like, oh, there's like a spaceship. Right?
1: Uh, What if they
0: are all... Okay, okay, check it out. What if they are all like exploration vehicles of some sort. Okay, so like
1: one of them is a lunar rover. One of them right. is a lunar lander. There's a lot of lunar stuff going on here, guys. A lot of lunar Sorry.
0: stuff. No, like one of them is like a submarine. Like So like one of them is, is like a space plane, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool. But yeah, like one of them is like a lunar rover. One of them is a submarine. One of them is a like a driller, like, a giant, like, Foot Clan-style, like, Earth borer. Okay, I dig it. Okay. And one of them is a...
1: Uh, you know what, Dave? The last one is a Flying Saucer. They're in space. Like, why not? Yes, yeah, for sure. If there's a Flying Saucer, why not? Oh, this, I, I totally forgot.
0: Uh, you do also get to make up your own base. And there's, like, you choose from different, like, different base options. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, is it secret? Is it hidden? Does it have weapons? Do you have like weird vehicles? Do you, does it, is it like a sentient flying food truck? You know, like whatever. Right. Um, But you you do get to build your own base as well. Um, Okay.
1: So those are the giant robots. Who,
0: Matt, who are they fighting?
1: Oh, I don't know. Now tell me, do you have a table for this?
0: I uh I have been meaning to put one together. I do not have a table for this. I have started to put together. I've done some analysis on like uh, different monster types. Like there do tend to be four different kinds of monsters, right? There's like bruisers and schemers and manipulators, right?
1: Um, Yeah. Oh, so like hang on a second. What what they're fighting another high school, right? Oh like, yeah, like,
0: and ev- is it an evil high school? It's an
1: evil high school that is invading the galaxy. It's an evil alien high school, right? And it's full of monsters. And so, like all of the people that they have, all the monsters are like, you know, like not necessarily like, all high school, high school themed, themed, but they are all like high school characters, or you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, hold up, hold up. What if this is maybe too much?
0: This would be too much for, this is another fun thing about the, about the, of the, the um, show or about the a game as opposed to a show is that you can do a little bit more like secretive stuff in a game, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a lot more reveal for the players because, you know, as the, as the watchers of the show, we of course know that like the Bozoke live on Barabarian and, and like they have the BB saloon and like, we know that Zanet is there and all of this stuff. Well, like Zenet's been there since day one, but the Rangers only met her like a few episodes ago. Right, right. You know what I mean, and they still don't really know. I don't know that the Rangers are. Oh, well, no. I guess Dapu would have told them about Barabarian, but but things like that. So if it were a game, there could be a rival high school that seems like it's just a rival high school, but is secretly populated by
1: monsters. You could do it that way, you could have something that is just like, you know, it is a, you know, like the satellites are locked in geosynchronous orbit and they're each on opposite sides of the earth or something. Um, That could be fun. Yeah, I dig it. But yeah, so like the monsters are,
0: it's an evil basketball player or it's like an evil prom queen monster. Uh, I, I, I,
1: I wouldn't, I feel like I would want to avoid having too much like jocks versus nerds. Uh, in that sort of situation. But, I mean, like, there's okay, so, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, good so many well, different you would sort have... of, like, high school archetypes that, like, you could really go to town on that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, that's the show.
0: They're, like, you know, and then p- at some point, their parents are going to show up. Right? At least one parent is going to show well, up. Well, sure. You have, you you've got a uh, conference week. Right. Well, you know, like, no, because, like, they're ancient inheritors, right? So, every time there's an ancient inheritor... You know, like Ryu's dad shows up and he's Iron Mask Choryu, or Kari's dad shows up and he's—I guess it doesn't have to be evil, although these ones have right. been. You know, Kari's dad shows up and it's like a thing. But like the point is, like there's a history to them, and you know, so like your parents show up and they're like, teach you how to be, you know, or your grandpa shows up and he's like, when I was the Red Ranger, this is how. Right, we when did I was
1: there. the Red Ranger of this space high school. <laughs> Right, it's perfect. And they go over right? to the trophy case in the space high school and they see like a photograph of his grandfather when he was 17, when he was winning some sort of tournament. Wait, yes. See, this is perfect. I would watch the heck out of this show.
0: It works every single time. Uh, just real quick, Matt, just for funsies, I feel like we're starting to go on a little bit. Why don't you give me, give me like two more D20 rolls and two more D4 rolls. Okay. I've got uh, 17 and 12. Okay, 17 is shapes, and 12 is ninja. That's just Cocker Ranger. Shapes and ninjas is just Cocker Ranger. <laughs> so d- to illustrate to you that this covers everything, like you do, sometimes you will just, we did this a bunch of times before, like we were just messing around with it, and we did come up with a number we're like, oh, wait a minute, that's just this season of the show. Like right. that's just Cocker Ranger, or that's just, you know, whatever. Um, okay, Matt, give me give me another two, just see if let's
1: do this. Okay, uh, sixteen and twenty.
0: Okay, sixteen is samurais, and twenty is vehicles. Okay, samurai okay. vehicles.
1: Samurai or vehicle vehicles. samurais.
0: Or vehicle samurais. I feel like you gotta be samurai vehicles. Man. Maybe. Maybe no. Okay, we're No no no. Let's flip it. Let's flip it. They're vehicles vehicles first and then and then and then samurai. They are racers. Okay, okay, and they each race something different, right? Like a different vehicle. So you got
1: your motorcycle, you got your airplane, you got your car, you got your speedboat, you've got your flying saucer. I'm just, throwing, I'm saucer just, throwing, I'm just throwing the flying saucer in all of them, Dave.
0: Uh, right. So like they race, but they're also, but they're also samurai, and like they use. Okay. All of their all of their vehicles have like a katana ignition,
1: right? So they have like to like that's how they start it. Okay, so they pull out their katana, a full sized katana, a they shove katana. it into like a key slot. A special well, a katana slot, but yes. Sure. And then they turn their katana into the ignition, and then the giant robot starts up? Yeah. Sure, perfect. I would watch the heck out of that show. Okay, give me
0: another two... Uh, give me 2D, 2d4 again.
1: 2d4. Uh, 2 and 1.
0: Okay, they're powered by Mystic Power, which is which is fairly straightforward. They're samurai, that works for me. And they're also sanctioned heroes.
1: So they, they are official. Okay, now who are they sanctioned by? Are they sanctioned Man. by the government? Or are they sanctioned by, like, the racing organization?
0: I feel like they have to be, they've got to be, okay, they're sanctioned by a racing organization. But that racing organization is the government of this society. <laughs> but that racing organization is very, very powerful and is in fact, perhaps, yeah, the government of this society. We are in a sort of a Death Race 2000 situation, perhaps. Okay. Um, I think this is another, this is another spot where you can have a lot of fun deviating from the show. Because the show, of course, is Always set either in Tokyo or in a small town in California. Right, and you know, you as a as a you know, if you're just playing the game, you can get wild. It can the whole thing can be in space. You can be in you know Death Race two thousand world where you know it's like a racing government and like that's why you're in charge or whatever. <laughs> um. So yeah, so like all of these work, and I I think it's really really fun. So so that's it yeah the the working title of the game is go exclamation point sentai heroes um and we're really excited to to kind of get it out there um yeah I mean obviously this is just a this is a giant fun fan project um because I wanted there to be a sentai RPG and one does not exist to my satisfaction so so and and now and now there does And now there is. So again, um, we're going to be presenting this. uh, Hopefully we'll have some special episodes where we're playtesting this thing. If you are a person who is interested in in getting together with some friends and playtesting this and being cool about it. And you guys, you listen to the show, you're all cool. Yeah, Yeah. keep an ear out and and we'll be putting that information out
1: pretty shortly. Um, We'd love to get people's feedback on it. Okay, Dave, so that is the five stars. Uh, The episode today is episode 23, Overheating for a Princess. No, we are absolutely not going to talk about this. We will
0: be back next week
1: to do that. Yeah. Um, But I I hope you have enjoyed this um, unintentional special episode. I mean, it was partially intentional. We got about 10 minutes in and then we realized that, like, we are not going to talk about the show this week. We are just going to talk about this because we're excited to talk about it. Um... But Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, Before we finish up here, unless you have anything else to add. I do not. Okay, then I would like to remind the good people at home that they can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we are talking about on Twitter or keeping an ear to the ground for um, uh, future uh, talking about Ghost Sentai Heroes... Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, at Super Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That's where you can do that, and that is a cool thing to do. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production, of, a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.